Welcome to Battleground. Today is Friday, July 24th, and we have an amazing lineup as usual. Uh, but we're going to kick it off today with our good friend, Dan Garza. He's the president of Libre Initiative. Um, they do so much, so much good work for, uh, for the country and also for the Hispanic community in general. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, I think this is the first time we're doing a podcast. I know you've been to our TV show numerous times, English, Spanish, uh, and now and now here we are on a podcast. We're absolutely crushing it, by the way, and we're hoping to hit the uh, top 100 chart very, very soon. Um, it looks like most of our hits are coming on iHeart, but we're on Spotify, Apple, Google, and just about every other platform you can imagine. So welcome. Let's uh, let's do this, Dan, like we always do, man. <laughs> All right. Thanks, uh, Ivan. It's a pleasure to be on with you, of course, every time, man. Talk about the kind of issues that, of course, you know, uh, uh, us in the Latino community uh, have as a priority. And then, of course, you know, issues that impact all Americans, frankly, so that uh, we can all rise together, right? Absolutely. And you know what? What, 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 a, great, what a great way to segment into what I was going to ask you, right, is, uh, is you were at the White House, uh, not just once, but twice uh, over the last few weeks uh, on big, big deal visits. Uh, as a matter of fact, you were at a roundtable discussion with the president, and I don't know if uh, his cabinet was there or not, but but uh, I certainly know it was a lot of very important people like yourself. Uh, you got to engage the president directly, ask him some questions, had some dialogue with him. Uh, tell us about that. Tell us about those two two visits. Tell us about that exchange. Why is that important for the community? Why is that important for America? Yeah, Ivan, you know, it's just so important for all segments of America to uh, have the opportunity to have a dialogue that is productive and constructive uh, when it comes to uh, governing our country uh, with the leader of our country, uh, the chosen elected uh, leader, um, the President Donald Trump. And it was just such a great opportunity uh, to hit on those priority issues. Look, um, uh, the fact is that all issues are Latino issues, right? Um, there's some folks that would lead you to believe that there's only one or two issues that we care about, but nothing could be further from the truth. So what I talked to the president about was, of course, I applauded him for um, the tax cuts that he had sort of set the tone with his administration, uh, the, the deregulation, the, the enhanced production of energy, um, the conservative principal judges, you know, who, who believe in original intent and, and honor and uphold our constitution, all these kind of issues that are just critical to having a healthy, thriving society and have resulted uh, prior to this sort of um, artificial um, recession that was imposed yeah. by the government, right, to, to mitigate the contagion of, of COVID. But, but what had resulted in a, an economic bonanza, really, uh, for the Latino community, we had record unemployment, we had record labor participation rates, record wage growth, especially for the lower quintile of the five quintiles that, that, that we uh, uh, gauge. And so it was just important to have that kind of conversation. And I want to you know, express gratitude to the president for having um, uh, given us that opportunity to, to have this kind of conversation one-on-one -on -one in the cabinet room with him. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. When I was watching that, I was like, oh, there's Dan. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty cool. That was very cool. Hey, well, let me, let me I, just like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I actually talked to him. He's been on my show. <laughs> what you saw was, you know, when, when they let the, 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 the media in, right, and they, they took shots and they took some video, but, but it was a prolonged discussion with the president. And prior to that, about um, 
the three weeks prior to that, we, we had a telephone conversation with the Latino community and President Trump, and that went on for an hour and a half. Wow. So we've had a lot of opportunity to engage directly with this president, and that, that's been amazing. That is amazing. And you know what? And I hear from so many Latino friends, so many Hispanics all over the place that privately tell me, you know what? I didn't, I didn't vote for the president 16, but I'm going to sure as hell voting for him now. Uh, especially a lot of Latin Americans that, that, that understand Marxism, understand the left, yes. understand the chaos and the danger of, of, of that ideology because they have, uh, they, they were chased out of their countries for it. Right. Um, so they see that rampant here out of control and frankly they're they're extremely worried and and i think that much um that much excess from the left is going to have a a tremendous pushback from our community in favor of this president but time will tell november will tell us if that was right or wrong but i think you're right this president has done a tremendous amount for our community uh but also for the uh, african-american community the asian community well, for women you, I mean, you know amazing right yeah, you're absolutely right, Yvonne. And it's, and it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, because I think for far too long, there had been a one-sided conversation with the Latino community where, it, you know, frankly, it had been the left that had made the investments. It had been unions, um, liberal, left of center, uh, nonprofit Latino organizations, yeah. uh, the media, Univision Telemundo, um, you know, and, and of course, university professors that have been indoctrinating our kids oh. decades now, oh. right? And so what you're seeing out in the streets right now, you know, um, is, is a, a sort of a, a manifestation of, of that ideology, of that indoctrination that has come out uh, in, 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 but it's mostly like, you know, the, these uh, privileged bourgeois rabble rousers, mostly white college educated, the, yeah. the very youth who grew up wealthy and, and, and bored, frankly, uh, who, who make up this violent group of, of, of champagne Bolsheviks who, who oh, are- Oh, I got it, but it's, cra it's crazy, right? It's actually insane. They're firebombing buildings, <laughs> they're throwing projectiles at, at police officers. It's, in it's the name crazy. of racism and, and, and injustice. It's crazy. And, and, these, and these kids, these people, you know, because there's even more than kids, you know, I see it in my age group, our age group, you know, the, you know, regular Caucasian folks, you know, saying, Talking about white privilege, and I have white privilege, and you know I need to understand and be more this and that. And I'm sitting there going, Jesus, how, how did these people get brainwashed? What is wrong with these people? And they have it; they're like educated folks, you know, and they don't realize, you know. But here's a problem, right? And we 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 get it because you know we've been exposed to it as Hispanics, as Latinos, you know. What the left has really done? The left has really never really played hard in the U.S. because it was never you know permitted. United States would, would have never been open to Marxism in the past. You know, You're we, right. we understood the dangers of that, but somehow, somewhere, that became okay. And now it's not only okay, now it is embraced, it is desired, it is wanted. And like you said earlier, this cancel culture of let's cancel what the United States is, let's eliminate what this country was formed on, Let's get rid of Reagan's shining city upon a hill and that last beacon of hope of freedom, and let's tear it all down. Let's tear it all down. Let's destroy it, and let's start this, this new utopia where we're all going to hug, embrace, sing kumbaya, and we're not going to get COVID because we're doing it for the right reasons. 
But you know what? If me and you get together at our homes and have a barbecue, we're going to kill the world because we're going to get everybody sick with COVID and we have to shut down the entire planet. But if we go out there and protest, riot, you know, arson, uh, loot, assault, and kill people, as long as we're doing it for the right cause, it is okay and we're not going to get anybody sick. That is derangement. That is hallucination. That is sickness. It is mental sickness. They, I think that what they need is a psychiatrist. You know, that's probably what they need. But, but you know, but Dan, you were a former law enforcement officer. That, you know, I saw that, you know, on one of your comments on social media weeks ago when this whole disaster happened. You know, I'd love to hear it from from a former law, and, uh, former law enforcement officer, to, you know, to, to where you are today, talking to the president of the United States. Uh, it, it's got to be bizarre for you. It's, it's got to be bizarre for you. Are you there? It, it, no, it, it really is. Um, the what, what's been uh, fascinating to see, really, um, and um, horrifying, um, has has been um, that the local mayors and state governors who who are just standing by or have have are have told their law enforcement to stand down. Uh, as, as we watch the, these, these agitators, these rioters, um, try to burn, uh, burn down federal buildings, as a former police officer, um, it's just infuriating, right? You know, where, where you, there seems to be a loss of um, rule of law, a loss of order, yep. and that it's being dictated by our elected leadership. And, and I think that, that that's where a lot of people, I mean, like, you know, we were talking about this White House visit with, um, the, the, the president of Goya, uh, Mr. Inanue, this is the height of arrogance and stupidity to, to shut down voices of people of color. Right. Um, white educated people trying to shut down voices of people of color for disagreeing with their notion right. of what we should think. That's right. And the, the thing is, Goya is, 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 is frankly, you know, the, the left seeing a person of color power player yeah. Uh, not adhering well, to the, what, the unspoken what, what, rules of their groupthink. And that's why they're angry, right? Right. And it's one of the most respected brands, right, in the market. And it's a Latino brand, right, for decades. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he wasn't out there, you know, expressing support for left of center ideology or their candidates. So, so he should have kept his mouth shut. Right. That's what they want. And, and that's what they demand from us, adherence. And, and, and you know, uh, Ivan, millions of us Latinos find it laughable. Yeah, but but but, well, but it's, offensive, right? it's, offensive. it's offensive. I mean, if you don't if you don't toe the line, if you don't say what they say, if you think differently, then they're going to insult you. They're going to come after you. They're going to publicly shame you. They're going to and, and it's all projection. It's it's yeah. the university professor Latinx studies created dogma that we have to adhere to. And when you don't, they're going to bring you to heel. Well, no, yeah. sir, that's not going to happen. That's right. And they'll come after you, your family, your job, your employer. Everybody, they well, will. I, I can tell you, they, they're trying to cancel the Leave It Initiative since we launched, and, and obviously they, they can't because I think our, our ideas are too strong, and, right. and we're, we keep growing. And it's so important that we connect and engage with with Latinos across the country on better ideas than these. And, and that's are. why that's why I love having you on the show. That's why I love that you're such a great voice for our community. That you're actually talking to the President of the United States because you know other Latinos, other the Hispanic community in general can see and say, you know what, it's okay to think like Dan. It's okay to think like Dan. It's it's you know, look at Dan. It, wow, you know, that's that's a great thing. There are other people and other leaders that actually think like me that share my values. You know, I, I hope I, you know I, I don't have to be silenced 
because that's what they're trying to do to us. They're trying that would be to be great if us like dogs. They're treating us like dogs. Any, any Hispanic or any person of color that does not agree with that radical Marxist ideology is treated like a dog. You get shushed and pushed to the corner, you know, and told to shut up, right? Like a dog. That, that's exactly what's happened. The, the thing is, if, if you cede to them, if you allow that to happen and let them gain that imposition over you, they want more. Yeah. Uh, and until pretty soon, you're a mere serf, uh, a pawn in their, in their objectives to gain all power and all control. At minimum, uh, you know, they'll grow the powers of the, the levers of government, you know, and at worst, the power to impose, like you said, like these Marxist policies that will be the ruin of America if yeah. we let it happen. And I think Latinos should be a vanguard for freedom. Yeah. We should defend it and preserve it. Especially, since, we, from especially since we've seen it firsthand, a lot of yeah, it. exactly right, yeah. You know, and if we haven't seen it, our parents have, or our grandparents have seen what Marxism does to, oh God, yes, to society, right? Yeah. So we should, you're exactly right, we should be the vanguard of that. We should be the absolute protectors of that. And we should fight for it like you do every day. And, you know, and, 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 and obviously we thank you for that fight. You know, uh, it, it's, somebody has to do it. We appreciate that you're there doing it. It's my privilege to do so. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, so let me go back to, you know, this, um, that initiative that the president had, you know, before the Boya situation, you know, took the entire thing off the media, right? And, and I think the media plays it perfectly. So when the president has some great accomplishment, they throw some scandal in there to kill the good accomplishment for getting coverage, right? So what was good about that? Why was that important? Why were you there? Yeah, you know, what's important is that, you know, that, um, and, and let me let me go back a little bit. Uh, we've been holding discussions with the White House for quite some time. And I know there's been some charges that this is uh, politically motivated, that this is, you know, during campaign time, here we go, you know, proposing these kind of Latino-centric issues. Uh, th th this has been building and developing. It's just a formalization of, of, of the conversations that we've been holding for a long time, Latinos and this White House. Um, and I think that that's, that's important to point that out. What, what, what we believe, and, and my sense that this president believes, is that we should focus on redistributing um, opportunity and education, as opposed to redistributing somebody else's earned wealth, or more and more of it. Uh, because that, that's the left's answer to everything, right? Uh, how, yeah. how can we take money from Peter to give to Paul so we can get a vote out of it? For pure political purposes and political gain, as opposed to how can we best position uh, people in the marketplace? How can we uh, best develop the skills and talents of people who have extraordinary capacities, right? To make use of that and leverage that in the marketplace. And, and sometimes um, uh, that means uh, a driver's license, uh, a high school diploma, uh, learn better English, citizenship. Those are the kind of issues that are going to be important. And that's what the, this uh, um, Hispanic uh, um, Prosperity Initiative is talking about. Place. Improve opportunity, and then also do that through education. John F. Kennedy said, um, the, the, uh, the, was it the progress of our country can only be as, 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 uh, as fast as our progress in education. And, and I believe that 100%. Yeah. You know, uh, we need to improve educational access and the quality of our education for our kids in order for them to be better positioned in the marketplace, uh, and which upholds and honors our, our free market system that, where people rise on and up. And, and I think that's, that, that's critical that, that we do that. Work to remove barriers that allow all to rise. That's right. That's right. And you know what? It's such an important job work that you guys do at the Libre Initiative. 
tell us about what you do because I don't think everybody really knows that, right? What you guys do, and it's a tremendous, tremendous, you know, job that you guys do. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, look, uh, we advance um, economic freedom, uh, policies that will improve well-being uh, uh, and allow all to rise, uh, a society, what we call a mutual benefit, where we all rise by serving each other, right? And uh, honoring our free market system where uh, we reward people who produce uh, pr pr products and services that are going to improve our lives. The, the reason Nike is so successful is because they make a product that we want, right? You know, and they make it with quality and, 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 and it's, a, it's a good looking product. And the same goes for Microsoft, for Apple, for, for all these very successful companies who are creating products and services that we want. And so uh, during this COVID crisis, the, the only way we're going to rebound the economy, uh, Ivan, is, is to supercharge productivity. That means creating uh, a wealth for, for that where that allows everybody to rise now when we when we uh, increase productivity um, uh, to meet demand that, that that of course a lot of us have that creates job opportunities and right. those job opportunities of course increase the quality of life of people and the well-being of people so what we want to do is, is, is get government out of the way uh, make sure that we don't overregulate that we don't overtax people and allow them to innovate and create those products and services that productivity that makes our lives better amen brother amen you guys are doing a great job. Hey, by the way, you know, we are in this, um, you know, we are in this great uh, Cold War again, uh, <laughs> not, not just with Russia, but also uh, with China. Um, what amazing human capital we have here in the United States and within the Hispanic community. We start bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. We can grow the middle class like it's never grown before. I think that's something that hopefully the president will lean on, you know, American manufacturing under the Defense Production Act to uh, go get your asses out of China and bring it back home, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, that's why it's so important that we elect policy champions, that, that we make uh, informed and deliberate decisions on policy champions who are going to advance school choice, empower parents, who are going to advance, um, you know, or, or uh, reduce the, the, the burden on, on taxes on people. Uh, reduce the burden of regulations, make sure that we have health care with private insurance that people want. Um, we have principal judges and energy development. All these things are so important to, to, to a, a thriving society. And, and people sometimes take it for granted. They think America is just an accident. No, no. It, it, if we're wealthy, if we're prospering, it's, it's because of policies that have allowed people to thrive and to innovate and create products and services. That's exactly right, Dan. That's exactly right. Where can somebody visit uh, the Libra Initiative? And uh, I think you guys are a 501c3, right? Well, we are a 501c3 under the Leave It Institute. We're a 501c4 under the Leave It Initiative. And we're also a PAC under uh, Leave It Action. Uh, but awesome. You can visit us at www.beleaveit.org. Awesome. And they can uh, engage any of your three organizations there, correct? That's exactly right. Awesome. Fantastic. Hey, Dan, it's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, we have so much more to talk about. As you know, we never have enough time, but I know you're going to be back. Uh, you always come back. You're a little hard to chase down, but now I get, I, I, now I, get I mean, when you're talking to the President of the United States, why the hell do you want to talk to me? We'll take your charity anytime, Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Dan Garza, thank you very much, Dan. Oh, Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with more Battleground. Hey, by the way, have you heard about Anchor? 
it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you, let me explain. Let me tell you how it works. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast directly. It'll be heard on Spotify, Apple, and just about every other platform out there. So it's very, very easy to use, very user-friendly. And best of all, it lets you monetize that. So everything you need is all in one place. All you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to Battleground. Today we're joined by Alex Granados. Alex is a great guy, one of the great Americans we have, Hispanic Americans, former Air Force Academy grad, former GW grad. He's been playing in this, uh, uh, I guess, pseudo-Intel area for a long time, really understands Latin America like few. Uh, it's great to have you, Alex, on the show. Your voice is extremely important, especially your expertise. Um, as you know, we've talked on off-camera so many times about the lack of information that goes out to the general public regarding Latin America. People really don't understand Latin America. Uh, when somebody says Latin America, they think Cuba or, or Venezuela uh, or Mexico, right? Uh, that, that's Latin America for, for the vast majority of people in the United States. They don't understand really how complex all the problems, dangers, and U.S. policy towards the region and why that's important. So, Alex, let's kick it off. Tell us about your background, what you're doing. Some of the things you're involved with, I know, are super, super interesting and very, very important uh, for our country, and I think they need to be said. Hey, Evan, again, thank you very much for uh, having me on. Um, pleasure, again, um, as, as, as you stated, again, went to the best school in the U.S. I went to the Air Force Academy undergrad, became an Air Force officer, then ended up here in D.C., got my MBA at GW, uh, worked for a couple consulting firms, and now I own my own firm called Prussian Edge. Uh, we're divided in two main areas. We are uh, mainly supporting the Department of Defense um, and DHS uh, within the Coast Guard. Uh, we have one group that focuses 100% on intelligence, so supporting all the, intelli the entire intelligence community, everything from analysis to um, research and development, uh, supporting the Defense Intelligence Agency, the National uh, Geospatial Agency, uh, the National Air and Space uh, uh, Agency out in both Colorado and Wright-Pat, uh, and then the other agencies that everybody knows uh, within the Intel community. And then I have another group that does. Uh, right, so you guys are so you guys are a security cleared organization. We are. Yep. Yep. Uh, but you know we're on 150 people. The majority awesome. of our people are all uh, cleared uh, to the highest levels you could think of. Uh, and again, it's, it's a true national security. We are keeping our people safe every single day, uh, which is, it, it's great to have all those team members uh, as part of our Prussian Edge family, uh, because it's, 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 it's really, really important what they do every day in and day out. Um, so extremely grateful to have these great Americans on our team uh, defending us. Then we have and another- Thank you for your service, by the way. Uh, you know, that it, it is, it is Sorry? so important. Thank you for your service, for sacrificing what you guys, everybody in the military sacrifices, you know, for our country. And it is, it is uh, super important in the work you guys do. This country wouldn't be what it is today if it weren't for, you know, men and women like yourself. So thank you for serving. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Then we have another group that does uh, research and development. Again, well, both DOD and the DHS uh, uh, world. Um, and it, it's hardcore 
research and development, research and development engineering work. Um, you know, now back, we start turning back to Latin America. Well, you know, one of our biggest clients is the Coast Guard. And we do a lot of ISR work for the Coast Guard. Uh, intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance work. Everything from uh, an AI perspective, so artificial intelligence, to the coding, to the implementation of the various uh, ISR platforms that the Coast Guard uses to keep our water safe, but then most importantly, to keep drug traffickers um, out of our waters and out of our borders. Um, so we That's do a lot of deal, work with that. Right? That's a big deal with the with, with the drug trafficking, the cartels. Uh, I know there's some, you know, well, there's a, there's a lot of debate, right? And we can go, we can sideline that for a little bit about the war on drugs, right? That's been going on for decades. Are we winning? Are we losing? How much money are we spending? How efficient are we? We, you know, I know we've we talked about Plan Colombia in the past. Um, there is so much going on just alone on that issue, you know, alone, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so again, let's let's you know, if we let's talk a little bit about like what's going on with Plan Colombia. Plan Colombia was uh, a plan that was created to to help a country that was pretty much destroyed because of the cartels. Uh, and we went in, we said, okay, we need to go help that country because it's you know in the long run it's going to help us. Um, the Plan Colombia was actually in its way out. And most of that money was going to be turned over to Central America, to a block in Central America, El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala. Um, and that, because of what's been going on in South America with the Venezuelan uh, uh, conflict, that has changed and to the benefit of Colombia. And the money has continued to flow down to Colombia. One, they've had, uh, Colombia has, has been the country that has the largest influx of uh, 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 Venezuelans. Uh, leaving, um, and they found because it's right on the border, they found Colombia as a safe haven for them. Again, Colombia, not the richest country in the world, so they needed help. We came in, we helped them a lot with that. In addition to that, Venezuela has become a large drug trafficking uh, uh, so country. It's primary, so, a criminal organization, right? It's no longer. 100%, yep. yep. So, so not just yet. So drug trafficking is one, but then also something that not many people talk about is the terrorism aspect of it. Oh. You have the Iranians, you have the Russians, you have the Chinese in there. And the Cubans. And the Cubans. Um, so we have doubled down on Colombia again. Um, and, 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 that, and that can be seen. So as uh, some of you know, the NDA, which is what uh, pretty What does that stand for, Alex, for people that don't so know? So it's the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, and that is what uh, Congress and the Senate, um, that's the bills that tell the Department of Defense and the Coast Guard what their appropriations for the following year. So for 2021, uh, fiscal year 2021, that was just passed two days ago. Uh, now both the Senate and the House have to go in and actually get the actual appropriations bills. But what, you know, to, to the Columbia aspect of it, um, there was an 8% increase and the money is pretty much set up in four main buckets. Uh, one of it is it comes from uh, the Department of State, uh, which is always very important, which is for, uh, for economic involvement uh, and, and, and for, to help Colombia continue to develop an economy that's stable because an economy that's stable in Colombia helps us continue to fight everything around uh, that area. Again, we said Venezuela, uh, we have Ecuador where they had a transition after Correa, they had a transitioning uh, 
a, a much better president, but a transitioning president, uh, which is they've had five, six different uh, vice presidents because they just can't get their act together. Then you have Peru also having some issues. Then you have uh, Brazil. Brazil with the new, you know, more of a right-wing president with Bolsonaro that good, bad, or indifferent, it, 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 it's terminus. Um, so it hasn't been perfect. And then you have Bolivia, again, as well with hey, another president. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bolivia has been... Uh, Bolivia it, has, has well, been as I say, it's Colombia. Yeah. Well, Colombia, yeah. Colombia is stable. Con Iván Duque, right? Uh, I think uh, he, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really along the lines of... Uh, of uh, uh, a president Uribe, right? Unlike yeah, yeah, Santos, yeah. Santos was, uh, I think, a surprise to many that um, that he didn't follow Uribe's um, footsteps. But you know, Duque, I think, has been doing that, and, uh, and, and he has. They're a great and, ally and, for the country, right? And 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 that's why we're giving him the money, you know. So for so so economic uh, uh, improvement, it's around 146 million dollars. Uh, uh, billion dollars, yeah, million dollars, $189 million for drug trafficking, which is very important. And what does that, that entail? That entails eradication of, 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 of coca fields, of poppy fields, all the different fields out there uh, with a lot of restrictions uh, because they had uh, the, the last year there was a peace treaty in Colombia. So we signed up to that peace treaty as well. So we have to play within that world. Um, so there's a lot of caveats to the drug trafficking money and how we implement it in country in Colombia. Uh, another $38 million for the armed forces, uh, which is a good, you know, a good bit amount of money. This is for a lot of the things, and how, how, do, how do they stay up to speed with these cartels that have all this money? How do they keep up to speed with every, you know, with technology, with all the different uh, facets that you have to? And, and then, who, who, would you say, who would you say are probably with some of the most dangerous cartels? Obviously, Cartel de los Soles in Venezuela, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, you know, that, that's, that's probably, you know, uh, a really bad one, right? Uh, controls that country, runs a country, is... In, uh, a, a partner of, of that country, and what about the other ones in, in Peru, in Colombia, so, Mexico? You, so, in, you know. so, in, so in Colombia, you know, you you have it's it's still ran by like uh, by three, four main cartels. Um, but 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 again, everything's running through Venezuela. Everything's coming out through Venezuela, and before it was coming out through Venezuela and through uh, Ecuador. Um, so a lot of people, we just see the Caribbean ocean as the only ocean where uh, trafficking, drug trafficking is happening. Well, the Pacific, uh, deep into the Pacific, is, it's, it's a huge route uh, for these drug cartels to actually smuggle drugs out. And when I say uh, a big route, you know, you, you have little boats leaving the coast of Ecuador and, and Peru and are going four or 500 miles deep ocean and then coming back into either Nicaragua, El Salvador, or Guatemala and going back into the normal routes. Um, so, so, so you do, there, there, there is no shortage of cartels, which then creates shortage, no shortage of infighting. Um, and then, but then, you know, we've always had, you know, in Latin America, that's always been the case. And, and that's why we have always been so involved. That's why we have such a big presence in Colombia. But then the other big thing that, that not many people, some people are now talking about it is, is the terrorism, terrorism aspect of it. You know, we have Iran. We have Russia and we have the Chinese. 
And yes, we could always go back to Venezuela where the Iranians are very much there. One of their top leaders in their government is, has complete ties to it. It's been, you know, this is, it's been everywhere. Uh, we put tons of sanctions on the, the Maduro regime uh, because of, of the illicit, uh, both the drug trafficking, but also the terrorism aspect of it. And, and that all started um, during Chavez, right? When Chavez started yeah. letting all the Iranians and, and, you know, he was giving out, you know, visas and, and authorizations, uh, you know, in, in Syria, right? Through the uh, general council in Damascus, he was letting all Hezbollah, Hamas, you know, I, I, Iranians come on in through, they would go to Venezuela, get a, a, a Venezuelan identity and nationality and just go running around all over Latin America, you know, destabilizing the region, right? And, and, 100%. and, and that's what people don't understand. And, you know, I understand, you know, a lot of people pushing back on the wall, the wall, the wall, but if we get millions of people coming in through the southern border, who says that, that, that we're not getting terrorists walking through there as well, right? It's, it's a legitimate concern. I think it is real. Um, people don't get that. If you Google this, uh, I think we've talked about it years ago, there were like eight operatives of Hamas captured in Peru. What the hell are uh, Hamas operatives doing in Peru? Right. Um, and just like that, there's people everywhere. So terrorism is huge. And, and yeah, so, yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, again, a lot of people say, OK, well, you know, the Iranians were sticking to like the Iranian Hezbollah uh, and Hamas and uh, the Syrian bloc. You know, you would say, OK, it's, it's only in Venezuela. Well, actually, it's not only in Venezuela. They, they've actually just how you just said they're in Peru. They're heavily in. they were heavily in, in Bolivia. They were heavily in Argentina. Argentina is, is, is packed with them. You know, one, there, there's been people that have been killed in Argentina because of the ties that, the, that, the, that these countries have had with these terrorist organizations, which back to what you just said, what is happening? You know, before I think the migration of, of to the U.S. was was really hard workers, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, my dad's Colombian, my mom's Cuban, my dad showed up in, in, in 79, in 77, my mom showed up in 62 from Cuba to show up here, work hard and, and live the American dream. Unfortunately, now, because yeah, a lot of people still try to come for the American dream, but because of this influx of, again, Iranians, Russians, Chinese, um, that trajectory is not only that. So not many people know that it's now, for example, for the Chinese to try to get into the U.S., a normal route to come is they come through Brazil, they cut through Peru, Ecuador, go through the entire through Central America and get to the border. And that's how they do it. Russians are doing that. Iranians are doing Africans. Yeah. The influx of African migrants that are coming in through the Peruvian, uh, through, through, uh, through Brazil, up, up, up Central America is enormous. Yeah. So it's not the same type of immigrant. And yeah, we have to be vigilant on that. Again, uh, I, I, whatever, however we do it, we just need to be vigilant that these things are happening in our backyard. And, and back to, you know, you, we, we talk about Iran, where they are there, you know, well, and Iran is about to sign a very strategic alliance with China, and that's very dangerous. Correct. So, you know, talk, you talk about Iran. Iran is opening up a naval base on, so to, on, on, an, on an area where they've never had a naval base. It's going to be the, their largest naval base, and there's a reason for that. Um, so, so they're getting ready for things, and we need to be ready to support 
our allies and support ourselves, which is very, very important. Um, so, so we talk, we talk about Iran and what is Iran doing in Venezuela? For example, they took all the oil, they took all the gold and now they're, they're screwed. And now they're going to another level, which is back to the environment. No deforestation in Venezuela and in that area of the Amazons is even worse today than it than in Brazil, which Brazil has always been a culprit of deforestation of the Amazons. Now the new culprit is Venezuela because they, they no longer have the oil resources. So now they're going to other natural resources and the people, the countries that are, that are benefiting from this are Iran, Russia, China. So, so talking, about, about, talking about natural resources, how much truth is there in these terrorist organizations partnering up and playing in, playing in the drug world? Oh, huge, huge. Again, Hezbollah. Hezbollah has always been known. That's, 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 and, and it's not just with Venezuela. They've no, been doing the that's, why that's why they've been they're, they're yeah. they, 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 They've been doing the drug game, and this is, this is how they've actually stayed. Uh, afloat. So this is, this is their, their drug uh, aspect of it has, you know, you go with Iran, with the Russians, the right. poppy fields. What do you think in Afghanistan, the Russians are still hanging out because the poppy fields are owned by the Russians. Hey Alex, why is nobody talking about this? Why is nobody talking about this in, 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 in U.S. media, in the U.S. press, mainstream media, anywhere? Why is nobody talking about this? This is our backyard. It is so important. It is so critical. Latin America collapses. We let it fall into the hands of the Russians, Iranians, and Chinese. You know, El Grupo de Puebla, the cartels. Why is that not important to be covered in the news? This is insane. This is insanity. You know, something that is that that you know is right right here in our backyard that that is so so important, not just for immigration, but for hemispheric stability, right? Uh, why is nobody talking about it? And I think I think there's so many things going on in in the world today that that, that it's hard it's hard to say. Okay, is really you know Central America? Because what again? For if you live here, we're fortunate living here in D.C. Um, where where you understand big picture okay what's going on you know I, I went to school in middle america i was stationed in middle america middle america for you know la, what are latinos for them they're the people that come and they work and there's nothing else again you just said it there's fields out there and, and again and it's not i won't i won't say it's ignorant it's because we're so big because a lot of people say well you know europeans know everything about everybody yeah well germany's the size of virginia awesome yeah. That's right. So go live, put Germany in the middle of, of, of the U.S. And yeah, you have miles and miles and miles and you're not going to see anything else. So you're worried about yourself. You're worried about how you get up and you farm every day. How do you get up and you make money for your family? How do you continue to live that American dream? So the outside is not 100%. And what we've always seen because of history and history tells you everything right. is, you know, the Russians have always, always been a threat for you know, over 200 years, the Chinese have always been a threat. And so, so, and then the Iranians in the past 60 years have always been a threat. So that's, that's what, and so we're looking at that, you know, that is the world that we're looking at. We're looking at where, how do we, how do we defend ourselves from that? Not seeing that they're getting into our backyard. So for now, now going back to the Chinese, the Chinese, the foreign direct investment, the Chinese, their plan that they have used in the past 25 years has been phenomenal. They started in South America, pivoted 100% to Central America. And what they do is they come in, they give all this money, and they implant their people 100%. So, for example, in Costa Rica, 
in Costa Rica, they built one of the nicest soccer stadiums in Costa Rica. One of the main reasons is, remember, they were going to try to do a double canal, just like the El Canal de Panama, between Costa Rica and, uh, and Nicaragua. So they started implementing a lot of foreign direct investment there. So what they do is they don't let local uh, workers work on their stuff. They import all the workers. Right. And all those workers. And they, they import and tens of thousands of workers, and then you got to keep them. You can't, you can't pick them out, right? Yep, yep, yep. So, so again, so the Chinese have been doing that uh, very much, um, and, 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 and they're infiltrating. Like, like, if you look at what's going on with China today. Um, Let's talk it, about that for a little bit, as, as much as we can, right, without – yeah, you know, touch it's, anything, anything that, that, that's that's clearance level, but it's it's scary. <clears throat> it's really scary. I think it's no secret that today we are officially and wide open in a cold war with China, right? I mean, yeah. th th there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I, I don't think it's politics. I don't think it's posturing. This is 100 percent real and legit, right? So, you know, with everything going on, uh, you know, you see you see the situation where. The United States, um, you know, good or bad, but, you know, with the leadership of Donald Trump, you know, has renegotiated a lot of free trade agreements, including with the Chinese, was taking them down to their knees. Economically, they were, they were, they were taking a hit. They were hurt. They were tremendously impacted. Then all of a sudden, this global pandemic virus that comes out of Wuhan hits the entire world. The, the, the global economy collapses. And who's there to save them? China, to sell the entire planet all these products that only they have. And now all of a sudden their economy is humming like a champ, right? It's just too much coincidence, it's crazy. I don't think it was an accident. I don't think anybody believes it came from a bat in a wet market. Uh, China is today's Soviet Union, is that correct? Well, I, I think we have not just China, but we also have the Russians that we are fighting sure. with. Every, you know, yesterday, for example, again, we, we, could, we could be blind and say, well, Russia is no longer a big threat. Russia is threatening us every single day. If you look at, so two, two, two key points, um, in, our, in, in our airspace in Alaska, in the past two months, we've had more incidents in our airspace of Russian spy planes trying to enter our, 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 our airspace than we have in the past 10 years. Wow. So they, they, they are very much punching us really hard. Last, this week, we came out with a true Arctic strategy. Why? Because the Russians are pushing us extremely hard. Pompeo was just in Greenland this week going out there and saying, hey, look, we, we need to do this together. If not, they're going to eat us apart. We just opened up you know, our consulate in Greenland again, which we didn't have that before. Um, so we're putting all this effort because the Russians are coming at us very, very hard. Yesterday, you know, it was announced that one, you know, now they're doing space counter space work against us. They just, they, tr they tried disabling one of our, uh, one of our satellites. This was yesterday. So again, the cold war with the Russians is not over. They're oh, coming yeah. and they're, com oh, yeah. they're coming at us hard. So he, he, here's a quick question. Let me, let me just pause you there real quick, you know, cause uh, are we living in the most dangerous. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.